Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Well, good evening. Hope you got notes with you. We're going to finish the book of Galatians tonight. Not, not go through the whole thing again, but we're at chapter 6 at the end of it. We're going to finish up those last few verses with a very important principle and teaching that's there. Again, if you've got a question, you can text it in, and uh, the number's there on the screen, and they're on your notes. So let's begin. Galatians chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 6 to 18. That's the end of the chapter. First of all, you will always reap what you sow. You will always reap what you sow. It's one of the huge principles of life that you wish every person would learn when they're young. But unfortunately, some never learned this. So let's begin. Verse 6, those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. I'm not going to deal much with this. It's pretty self-explanatory. I think one of the things Paul was writing here was, look, there's some people telling you some wrong things. Don't support them. Support the people who teach you what's right. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. God is always just. You will always harvest what you plant. Now, you might want to underline the word always. Always. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And so he gives us this great principle that is evident throughout Scripture, evident throughout life. So let me just go through the basics of it so that you get it and understand it and hopefully buy into it. Because you will always harvest what you plant. Every day that you live, you are planting something. All right? First thing, what we sow is critical. He says here in the text, he says, look, if you sow that sinful nature, in other words, if you sow to that part of you that wants its way, wants to do what it wants to do, wants to believe what it wants to believe, wants to act as it wants to act, then you're going to reap from that sinful nature. And what that sinful nature gives to you is decay and death. You don't have life. But, he says, if you sow to please the Spirit and sow into the Spirit, and do what the Spirit wants you to do. Now remember, just a chapter previous, he dealt with the fruit of the Spirit, and those who give carnal nature, God's nature, you reap from that. He says, if you sow that Spirit nature, you will reap life everlasting and more. So it's a very clear principle. What you sow is critical. Where we sow is critical. Jesus says we shouldn't give our pearls to swine. Jesus was always careful where he sowed. He sowed into his disciples, didn't he? He didn't sow into the Pharisees. Why? Because he knew they weren't going to listen to him. They weren't going to accept his teaching. And sometimes, if you're not careful, you begin to sow your life into someone or something that is never going to give you a return that you want. 
And so it becomes critical of where we sow. He said, you know, when you sow, you give a parable about this farmer who planted the seed and some of it fell on rocky ground and it just got choked out. But the one who sowed in the good ground reaped a harvest that was bountiful. So what we sow, where we sow, and what we sow always affects others. In your life, in my life, everything I do affects someone else, even the things I do in private. They always come out in public. And so I have to come to that place where I understand that what I'm going to sow into people's lives will not just affect me, it will affect those around me. Now, if you're married, you have a family, what you sow is going to affect your family. At work, what you sow is going to affect the people you work with. As a parent, what you sow is going to affect your kids. And so I have to understand that when I'm sowing something, it always affects somebody else. Always. We reap what we sow. If you plant oranges, you get oranges. You don't plant oranges and get apples. So whatever you sow in life, if you sow kind words to people, what do you reap? Kind words. If you sow financially, what do you reap? Finances. Whatever you sow. If you sow forgiveness into a person's life, what do you get in return? Forgiveness. So I have to understand that whatever I'm sowing into in my life, I'm going to reap that in return. Now here's the one we have a hard time with. We reap in a different season than when we sow. See, you don't plant the oranges and get oranges the next day, do you? You don't plant corn in the spring and go out the next morning and have corn on the cob. It doesn't happen immediately. Thus, what happens is, for some people, well, I did this, I didn't get caught. Just wait. Time's coming. And so you come to that place where you understand. When, you, when we do something good, we want immediate results. When we do something bad, we want a crop failure. And so what I have to understand is that as I'm sowing this, well, pastor, I've been doing this and this, and nothing's happening, and I'm not getting what I want. And Just wait. It's coming. But you see, because it doesn't come immediately, we think it doesn't work, it doesn't apply, it's not going to be for me, and so we quit sowing. You know, well, you know, the person in school, well, I'm going to study for that test, I'm going to study, I'm going to give it real hard. And so they take one night and really study. And then they think, well, hold it, I studied and I didn't get the grade I wanted. Well, hold it, you've got to study more than one day. It's going to come. Well, I made the investment. Nothing's happening. Just wait. And so we struggle with, and we have a hard time with this understanding that there are things in life that you're going to sow when you're young that you will not reap until you're old. You can sow poor health. You can smoke. And you think, well, see, nothing's happened to me. Just wait. Just wait. It'll come. 
And see, the principle is, Jesus taught it, what you sow, you're going to reap, and you're going to reap it. You might not reap immediately, but down the road, it will happen. So we reap in a different season than when we sow. We good? You have one? We do. Okay, Nita, I got a microphone here. Hello. There we go. How do we know when to sow into someone's life? Well, I, I think, first of all, we always want to love people and care for people. But then as we work with people, we begin to sense their response, their heart, their willingness, and what to do. You do to people as much as you can that they will accept. But when they start resisting what you're saying, if you keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, there's got to be a better way to do that. And so I think some of it is sensitivity to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Some of it is understanding how people are responding to it. Okay? All right. We reap more than we plant. If I plant an orange seed, I don't just get one orange, do I? I get a tree with a lot of oranges. Thus, God says, look, if you will give to me financially and do what I've asked you to do and sow into that, I will open the windows of heaven and I will give you a blessing more than you can contain. We say it this way, you can't outgive God. And so this principle comes into play in every facet of our life where we have to understand, you know what, if I'll do what's right, and if I'll do what honors God, I will reap from that. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in a month, maybe not in a year, but harvest is coming. And so I reap more than I plant. Understanding. If I will just keep loving, what will happen? You'll get more love in return. You know, if you, if you sow unforgiveness, you're going to get unforgiveness in return, aren't you? Jesus says, if you can't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Why? Because that's what you're sowing. You're going to reap what you sow. And so out throughout Scripture, Jesus teaches this. Throughout the Old Testament, we see it happening over and over again. The writer here says, look, understand something. Be very aware. You are going to harvest what you plant. Your life is where it's at today because of what you've chosen to plant. I, I've said it this way before. You make your choices, and then your choices make you. You get to choose what you're going to do. But once you make that choice, you're going to reap from that choice. Well, I'm going to have, you got this attitude, okay? You're going to reap from that attitude. All the, there's so many areas in every area of life. We could put this into play and into practice to understand it. And so we always reap more than you plant. You always get more back. Well, it's not fair. I didn't do that much to them. You know, kids fighting. Well, he hit me. Well, I didn't do that much to him. I just pinched him and then he hit me. You always get back more than what you planted. That's the way it works. And so you have to understand that. 
we can do nothing about last year's harvest. Harvest is done. It's over. You cannot change the past. Well, I've done this and this, and I can use the financial part of it. This is easy. I've got myself into this mess. Okay, it's done. It's over with. You can't go back and undo it. It's there. Now, why don't you start doing what's right? Well, no, I want out now. I want to have a fix now. I want it over with now. No, if you'll start doing what's right, you will harvest from that in the future. But you see, we, we tend to look at the past and want it to not turn out the way we th- it is. And we don't realize, well, I've done this and I made these choices and there's some things that have happened and I haven't responded correctly. And After all, it's not my fault, is it? It's always somebody else's, right? And then we wonder why we're in this situation and we don't understand the principle. What have you been sowing? How have you been talking? What have you been doing? What choices have you made? What attitudes have you had? Well, I wish I could go back and change it. You can't. You can't do anything about last year's harvest, but you can do something about next year's harvest. If you'll do what's right, you will reap from it. Now, our problem again, let me review, is the patience aspect of this, isn't it? We want it now. I want it fixed now. I want the problem over with now. And so this law of sowing and reaping is so critical in life that it's one of the great things that a Christian has to learn and anyone should understand about life. What choices you make, you get to reap from those choices. Put it in relationships, put it in your finances, put it in your job, put it wherever you want. The principle fits all the time. All right? We good? God's the only one who can change this. Now, God can come into my life and not allow me to reap what I deserve. He can do that. He can change it. God can bless me more than I deserve. But just because He can doesn't mean He will. You walk into a 7-Eleven with a gun and hold it up to the cashier and take the money, you have now committed a major crime. You get caught. You're going to go to jail. Oh, God, forgive me. Now, do you deserve forgiveness? No. Will God forgive you? Yes. But chances are very good you're still going to jail. Right? You sowed something, you're going to reap from it. It's a principle all throughout life. God will always forgive us God will always care for us. But many times we just have to face the consequences of our choices and God will help us in them. And in a moment, if he chooses, okay, over. 
But many times, most of the time, you and I have to deal with the consequences of our choices, of our sowing. What you sow, you will harvest. Boy, I just wish I could drum it into everybody's head. I just, everybody would get this because we're good at thinking we, we're getting something we don't deserve. If you're getting something, you don't think you deserve it. If you'll just stop for a moment and go back into your history, there are some things that are going on there. Now, sometimes we get some things we don't deserve because God's trying to build some character into our lives, isn't he? Job. He got something he didn't deserve, it looked like. I mean, he was there, everything else. God wanted to prove him. He did that. And what do we end up with the story? Job had far more when it was over with than than he had when he began because he kept doing what was right. So this principle permeates all through life, for all your life. And these points are something each one of us have to understand and to recognize. I could go on and on and on, but for your sake, I won't. Next, you must remain faithful to receive the blessing, to receive the positive. So, Paul tells them that if you you sow to the sinful nature, you're going to harvest decay. If you sow the spiritual nature, you're going to harvest this. And then notice what he says. So, let's not get tired of doing what's good. Don't get discouraged because you don't think it's going fast enough. Don't get, I've done this long enough, I can't do anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. No, you can keep going. Don't get tired of doing what's good at just the right time. God's never late, right? Never is. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, well, I sowed really good for a day, but then I spent the rest of the week giving up on it. And you begin well, but you don't finish well. So there's consistency built into this. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Do you understand that people by and large treat you the way you treat them? Now, there's always an exception to this rule. But by and large, if you're friendly, people will be friendly. I've noticed it in years in the church. Someone will come to me and say, Pastor, this is an unfriendly place. Well, tell me what you do. Well, you know, I come in, I walk in, I sit down, and nobody says hi to me. And when service is over, I get up and I walk away. If you want to be friendly, you show yourself. If you want friends, you reap what you sow. If you view everybody as being unfriendly, what do you reap from that? Unfriendly. If you view everyone as being friendly, what do you reap from that? Friendly. You find what you're looking for often, don't you? And so he says, everything you have in your relationships with people, don't get discouraged, don't give up, keep doing what's right, 
because the key to receiving the blessings that God has for you is endurance. Don't get discouraged and give up. You don't harvest right away. You don't get everything you want right now. Don't give up because you don't see it or don't understand it or don't think it's going to happen. You keep sowing while you're waiting for a harvest. When the farmer plants corn or peas, he doesn't just plant them and then go sit in the lounge chair for the rest of the summer, does he? told you before, my, we lived in a kind of a farming community for a period of time, and my dad was, had this crazy idea that I needed to work. I, I never understood that, but uh, I did pick it up, let me tell you. And one time he told me, hey, I got a job for you, the farmer out there. He needs somebody to cut weeds out of beans. Miserable job. First of all, you couldn't go out early because it was too wet, so you had to wait until it was hot. 11, 12 o'clock. And then you just walk the field back and forth, cutting weeds, you know. Why? Because it's not enough just to plant. You have to keep investing. You have to keep working. You have to keep doing. You keep sowing while you're waiting for the harvest. And then there's this priority in your relationships with people. What are you sowing into that relationship? Many relationships struggle because one of the people decide they're not going to sow anything more into it. I've had enough. I've given enough. I've done it all. I'm done. What have they said? I've sowed, but I don't think I'm ever going to harvest. I quit. And most of the time, you quit before harvest. And so there's this priority. He says, look, don't get tired of doing what's good. Don't give up. God will be faithful. And when the right time comes, and by the way, God gets to determine the right time. You and I don't. When the right time comes, and by the way, His timing is always slower than I think it should be. You'll reap the harvest if you don't quit. Keep sowing. Keep going. Do good to everyone, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Especially them. The reason that they teach the law. Remember, he wrote this letter because there was the Judaizers coming in saying, this is what you've got to believe. Yes, Christ, you can believe in Christ, but you also got to be circumcised. That's the biggest part of his letter and what he wrote. And he said, here's why these people that are coming to you tell them this, and here's the reason they teach it. Verse 11, Galatians 6. Notice what large letters I, I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Remember earlier in Galatians, there was a little reference about Paul and what he was going through. This is another one of those references why a lot of people think Paul's thorn in the flesh was his eyesight that something happened in his eyes. Maybe it was because he was blinded on that road. We don't know. We're not told. But a lot of people think because of comments like this, you know, I'm writing these large, large letters because I can't see the small stuff. You know, it's my own handwriting. So probably what was happening is this. Paul was dictating this letter to someone. 
he gets to the end and says, give me the scrolls. And he starts scribbling. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. Why are they doing it? I want to look good. I want other people to think I'm something. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. Because in the early church, this was a big issue. And if you stuck with this concept, you were going to face some persecution. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. Why is that? You can't. We've talked about that previously. They only want you to be circumcised so that they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. So he says, here's their motives. They're just trying to do, get you to do this so that they can boast. And I've got this follower. I've got this follower. I talked to this person. And then here's what they do, because they still do it today. You know, they go to somebody else. You know, I was talking to so-and-so over there, and they believed me, and they said you probably would too. And so they do what they can to manipulate and control, to spread false. You know, I've got to be careful here. I don't want to get in too much trouble. There is so much false junk being spread today. And I'm amazed at how many people who call themselves Christians buy into it. It's just incredible. And he says, they've got wrong motives. You know, they don't want to be persecuted. They want to be accepted. They just want to brag about their converts. They just want to have people notice them. They want to be able to get some reward for it. They want to just do this. That's the reason they're doing this. Don't give in to them. So Paul, at the end of this letter, once more just drives it home and says, look, don't give in to these people. They don't deserve it. Here's all they're trying to do. They're trying to confuse you, manipulate you, so that you will be someone that they can claim as theirs and they feel good about themselves because they got somebody to believe with them. Being changed is what really counts. Notice what he says. As for me, talked about the other guys. As for me, Paul says, I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. Now, we've talked about that, haven't we? In other words, if I'm going to die to that sinful nature, I have to crucify my interest in what this world's doing and what it's saying and what it's propagating. The world's interest in me has also died because they've recognized I don't, I'm not giving in to it. I'm not going to surrender to it. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. The old is gone. Everything's become new. I'm not the same person I was. I think many times, many Christians struggle in this area because what they were in the past, they don't allow God to transform them, transform them into somebody brand new. 
They just take who they were in the past and try to transfer that over into Christianity, and they mix Christianity with a lot of their old junk rather than making a break. I've crucified the world. I've said no to it. I've left it. It doesn't interest me. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to let it influence me. What's going to influence me is the cross of Christ because I'm a new person because of what Jesus Christ has done. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. Doesn't matter what the world's doing. All that matters is how Jesus Christ has transformed your life because of the work that He's done on the cross. And when the work of Christ on the cross is what matters, our interest in the world fades away, in the junk. And so we live according to that cross, and we sow into it. Final two verses. We refuse to give in to legalism. See, legalism is this insidious thing where we make something that might be okay, we make it necessary. In other words, in order to be a Christian, you got to do this. In order to be a Christian, you got to do that. The only thing that's necessary is the cross of Christ. What's necessary is my commitment to Him and my transformation. Refuse to give in to it. Look at verse 17. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. <laughs> That's wishful thinking on his part. You know, I don't want to hear more of this junk. Get your act together and stop it, is what he's saying, right? I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. How many times was Paul whipped and given stripes on his back because of his willingness to preach the gospel and declare the cross of Christ? Brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Amen. Stay on track. Don't give up. Understand that what you're going to sow, you're going to reap. And all that matters is your life being transformed by Jesus Christ. So, simple question. What are you sowing into your life today that you know is right and you want God to keep helping you to do it? What is there in your life that what you're sowing you know you need to stop? And you need God to help you stop it. Because what you sow, you're going to reap. And all that matters is that God be glorified. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for helping us see a little clearer life. Help us to understand things a little bit better. Would you help us in our walk with you to sow those things that matter to you? that we would sow according to the Spirit, not according to our flesh. That we would sow according to the truth, not according to what's popular. That we would sow according to the kingdom of God and not according to the world. 
and that we would not give up. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your promises to us. And thank you for the cross that transforms us. Help us to live our life for you because of it all. In thy name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.